0: day three of our look together through Revelation chapter 12, we are walking through what this chapter has to say to us about how God is at work in this world. And the answer to the question of not only why is there evil in the world, but what is God going to do about the evil that's in this world? A couple of days ago, we looked at the truth that Satan is real. You got to face it. There is evil in this world. There is a source of it and it's here. Yesterday, we talked about the fact that God will be victorious. You have to face that too. There is, there is a cross And Jesus gave his life for us on that cross. But now, where do we live right now? Because we see the victory is won in Christ, but there still are battles going on. June 6, 1944 was D-Day. That was the day that on that beach at Normandy, the powers came against Nazi Germany that were going to defeat it. That was the day that assured victory in the war. But... Before the war was finally over, there were still a few more battles. The cross of Christ, that is our victory day, our V-day. That's the day that assures that evil will not prevail. There is no way that it can prevail. It's finished. The victory has already been won. We're just waiting for the party to enjoy this for all of eternity. But there are still some battles on the way, and that's the third truth. Truth one, Satan is real. Truth two, God will be victorious. But if you want to understand evil in this world, you have to understand that there's no victory without a battle. And you see this in the book of Revelation. It is about this battle. You see it in your own life. You battle over evil and sin, don't you? I do. Do you ever all of a sudden face physical problems in you or your kids or your husband or your wife? Totally unexpected and your life is torn apart in a moment and it was nobody's fault. It wasn't because of my sin. It just happened, at least that I know. We face this battle of living in an evil world where things are not perfect as yet. And how do I struggle through it? You realize that there is no victory without a battle. In fact, in Revelation chapter 12, there are four specific battles that are mentioned in this arena of good and evil. And you need to understand all four of them. As you and I walk through these battles, and we will the next couple of days, they give us a pretty clear picture of the battle that you and I are in with Satan on a daily basis. This is an awesome chapter about the battle, the characters involved, but it's also a very personal chapter about God's victory in your life. You have Satan, you've got the people of God, you've got Jesus, and you've got the victory assured, but what about you? What about the battles that lead the way to this victory? As we look at these battles, you're going to see that we go back and forth between heaven and earth, and time is not the same in heaven as it is on earth. In fact, heaven without in, in a sense, is without time as we know it. It has time, but a different kind of time. It's a more a place of events than minutes. It's important to understand that as we look at this next battle because it doesn't come necessarily in chronological order. The next battle is in Revelation chapter 12, verses 3 to 6. This is the battle against Jesus. This is where the dragon attacks the male child. Let me read those verses for you. And then another sign appeared in heaven an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. Now, yesterday we looked at these heads and horns and the indication of complete power that Satan has been given for a time. And then here you see this picture of a child who is born and then caught up immediately. You have all of Jesus' life summed up in those two phrases. He's born, then you skip his whole life, and 33 years later, all of a sudden, he's caught up in the ascension. This picture of the woman in the birth of the male child shows the battle against Jesus began long before his birth. In fact, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when sin first enters this world, God is telling us even there that someday there will be a child that will crush the head of Satan, and that is Jesus that is being looked forward to there. Throughout the Old Testament, the battle is going on. In one sense, Satan is always trying to prevent the birth of this Messiah. There's always a dragon standing by waiting to destroy Israel or to destroy the ancestors of the Messiah, destroy the, the messianic line. Pharaoh is called a dragon in Ezekiel chapter 29, verse 3, because he tried to destroy the people of God. Nebuchadnezzar is called a dragon in Jeremiah 51, 34. He tried to destroy the people of God. There is a battle, and Jesus wins the battle. He is not defeated by Satan. We see in the Christmas story this idea of a child being born, and there was one standing there ready to devour the, the, the child. We see it in Herod in a very practical, historical way. But there's more here than that. And even that, there's the fact that Satan wanted to prevent this from happening, but he could not because God's will is going to prevail. And this battle, it's been going on a long time. First battle talked about in Revelation 12 was this battle against Jesus. The second battle, in verses 7 to 9, is a battle in heaven, a war in heaven between Michael the angel and this dragon. If you didn't know this was in Revelation, these are going to be very interesting verses to you. Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 to 9. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Now, remember, this is not in chronological order. We're going back to heaven now where time is different. A number of people on our research team asked, I'm confused as to when Satan and his demons were cast out of heaven. One person said, this chapter seems to say it's happening after the birth of Christ, but I thought it was before the creation. Yes, it was. We're going back now to a battle that took place apparently before creation because Satan already existed in Genesis chapter 3. And in this chapter, we hear about this war in heaven. War in heaven. Isn't heaven a perfect place? Not yet not yet. There is a war in heaven where Satan, Lucifer, the angel Lucifer, decides he wants in some place to be in the place of God. The pride raises up in him, and because of that, Satan and all the other angels who followed him are thrown to the earth. Satan and a third of the angels, who then become demons, are thrown to the earth. And they're given power for a time, but that power is going to be taken away by the end. Here is a battle, a battle in heaven, and God wins that battle. There's something interesting about how God wins this battle. In Luke chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus says to his followers after they had a victory in their witnessing, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. There was something about the way that they shared their faith. There's something about the way that these early followers of Jesus Christ were serving Jesus even at the very beginning. That Jesus said, I saw Satan fall because of what you did. This is an awesome truth. It reminds us that somehow in the mystery of God, what you and I do when we witness, what you and I do when we're faithful to God is a part of this victory in heaven. I don't understand how all this works. I don't understand the timing of it, but I do trust what Jesus said. And you and I, in some way, our faith plays a part in this victory. Now, by the way, do you remember why Satan fell? It's because he thought he could be like God the same temptation as he gave to Adam and Eve is the same temptation that he gives us today. Be like God. Do your own thing. Do it your own way. Don't have anybody tell you what to do. And then Michael comes and he defeats Satan. You know what the name Michael means, by the way? The name that's given to that angel? It means who is like God. God gives this angel who's going to defeat Satan the name who is like God. No one is like God. He is the victor in the end. He's the victor in this battle that happened in heaven. He's the victor in this battle that happened on earth. There is a battle. He allows that battle to unfold, but his is the victory in the end. Let's pray together. Our Father, we don't like battles. I'd like it to all be settled. I don't want any more battles with evil or Satan or any such thing. But for some reason that we don't understand, I don't know if we'll ever understand, you're allowing this world to unfold in a way where those battles happen. So as they happen, our battle with temptation, our battle with doubt, our battle with discouragement, our battle with truth, our battle with another person, help us to remember that the victory is yours. And instead of trusting ourselves for victory, to trust you. And Lord, when the battle gets, seems to be very long, and we wonder if the victory is ever going to occur, remind us that we're on this earth such a short time. And we're going to enjoy the victory with you in heaven for an eternity. So help us to hold on to that, that hope today. And thank you for your power. Thank you, God, that you are the victor. In your name, in your name we pray, amen. Tomorrow, we're gonna look together at two more battles on the way to victory.